generally in Sanskritam, when you have a, a, le- a word ending with a, with a dot in the bottom, it reverberates the previous letter. So in this case, it is B-H-U-H. So it is, you have to pronounce it as H-U. So it is Bu-Hu. Um, so that's why you will see that sound, the previous letter reverberating. If it's I, it will be He, oh. like that. So it is Bu-Hu. It's not Bu, it is Bu-Hu. It becomes like that. So there's a general grammar, grammar rule for the pronunciation of certain words. But that's only done when the word ends in the line. It's, it's not pronounced like that when if the word is in the middle. Uh, some grammar rules. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. Because of the movements of the water, the trees on the bank of a river, when reflected on the water, seem to move. Similarly, when the eyes move because of some mental derangement, the land appears to move also. Purport. Sometimes, because of mental derangement, the land appears to be moving. A drunkard, for example, or a person with heart disease, sometimes feels that the land is moving. Similarly, the reflections of trees in a flowing river also appear to move. These are the actions of Maya. Actually, the living entity does not move. Sthanur achaloyam. The living entity does not take birth or accept death. But because of the transient, subtle and gross bodies, the living entity appears to move from one place to another or be dead and gone forever. As the great Bengali Vaishnava poet Jagadananda Pandita has said, Pishachi paile yena mati channa haya mayadghrasta jivera haya se bhava udaya. According to his, the statement from the Prema Vivarta, when a living entity is conditioned by material nature, he is exactly like a person haunted by a ghost. We do not know what that means. One should therefore understand the fixed position of the spirit, spirit soul and how he is carried away by the waves of material nature to different bodies and different situations under lamentation and hankering. One achieves the success of life when he understands the constitutional position of his self and is undisturbed by the conditions created by material nature. Prakrite kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvashaha. So I'll read 24 to 26 as well. Evam gunair brahmyamane manasyavikala puman yatitat samayatam bhadre hyalingo lingavan iva. In the same way, O oh my gentle mother, when the mind is agitated by the movements of the modes of material nature, the living entity, although freed from all the different phases of the subtle and gross bodies, think that he has changed from one condition to another. As stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam 1084.13, Yasyatma buddhi kunapetridhatuke swadhi kalatradi shubhauma idhyadihi yattirtha buddhi shalile nakarhichit a human being who identifies the body made of three elements as the self, who considers the byproducts of the body to be his kinsmen, who considers the land of his birth worshipable, and who goes to a place of pilgrimage simply to bathe rather than to meet men of transcendental knowledge. There is to be considered like a cow or an ass. Although Hiranyakashipu was a great demon, he was not as foolish as the population of the modern world. 
something we will discuss on this topic actually, very important. Hiranyakashipu had clear knowledge of the spirit soul and the subtle and gross bodies. But now we are so degraded that everyone including the exalted scientists and philosophers and other leaders is under the bodily conception of life which is condemned in the Shastras. So, sa eva gokharaha, such persons are nothing but cows and asses. Hiranyakashipu advised his family members that although the gross body of his brother Hiranyaksha was dead and they were aggrieved because of this, they should not lament for the great soul of Hiranyaksha who had already attained the next destination. Atma, the spirit soul, is always unchanged. Avikalah kumana. We are spirit souls, but when carried away by mental activities, manodharma, we suffer from so-called material conditions of life. This generally happens to non-devotees. Harav abhaktasya kuto mahatgunaha. Non-devotees may possess exalted material qualities, but because they are foolish, they have no good qualifications. The designations of the conditioned soul and the material world are decorations of the dead body. The conditioned soul has no information of the spirit and its exalted existence beyond the effects of material condition. 25 and 26. Atma Esha Atma Vipariyaso Vinashascha, Shokascha Vividha Smritaha, Avivekascha Chintacha, Viveka Smritirevacha. In his bewildered state, the living entity accepting the body and the mind to be the self considers some people to be his kinsmen and others to be outsiders. Because of this misconception, he suffers. Indeed, the accumulation of such concocted material ideas is the cause of suffering and so-called happiness in the material world. The conditioned soul thus situated must take birth in different species and work in various ways of consciousness, thus creating new bodies. This, conditioned, this continued material life is called samsara, birth, death, Lamentation, foolishness and anxiety are due to such material considerations. Thus, we sometimes come into a proper understanding and sometimes fall again to wrong conception of life. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamahyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Uta Padakamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatanvitam Tam Sajeevam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna
ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪದಾನ್ ಸಹಗಣ ಲಲಿತಾ ಶ್ರೀ ವಿಶಾಖಾಂಬಿತಾಂಶ ಹೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಕರುಣಾ ಸಿಂಧೋ ದೀನಬಂಧೋ ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾ ಕಾಂತ ರಾಧಾಕಾಂತ ನಮೋಸ್ಕೃತೆ ಸಪ್ತ ಕಾಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ಬೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ಋಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿಪ್ರಿಯೆ ವಾಂಚಾಕಲ್ಪತರುಭ್ಯಶ್ಚ ಕೃಪಾ ಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯ ಪತಿತೇಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಜೈ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭೋ ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಿಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಪ್ರವೃಜಂತಮನುಪೇತಮನುಪೇತಕೃತ್ಯಂದ್ವೈಪಾಯನ ವಿರಹ ಕಾತರ ಆಚುಹಾವಾ ಪುತ್ರೇತಿ ತನ್ಮಯತರವೋಭಿನೇದೂ ಸ್ಥಂ ಸರ್ವೂತಹೃದ ಮುನಿಮಾನತೋಸ್ಮಿ ಸೊ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ so welcome all of you we've been reading this chapter for a while now and um, and here we see the demon hiranyakashipu is preaching a philosophy of vedanta so this is quite uh, bewildering sometimes bhagavatam throws us these surprises sometimes you see uh, in other practices we clearly have a distinction between the evil and the good and uh, the demon and the divine but here you will see even the demon is preaching philosophy and good philosophy actually so sometimes bhagavatam shakes completely the mundane conception of religiosity bhagavatam is such a literature dharma prochita kaitavatra paramo nirmatsaranam sata ವೇದ್ಯ ವಾಸ್ತವಮತ್ರ ವಸ್ತು ಶಿವದ್ರೋನ್ಮೂಲನ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ಭಾಗವತೆ ಮಹಾಮುನಿಕೈರೀಶ್ವರ ಸದ್ಯೋರುಧ್ಯವರುಧ್ಯ ಪಿತೃಪೃಥಿ ಶುಶ್ರೂಷೂಸ್ತಕ್ಷಣ ಧರ್ಮ ಕ್ರೋಧಿತ ಕೈತವತ್ರ ಪರಂ ಸೋ Bhagavatam renounces all types of mundane religiosity and always preaches us the highest philosophy at all times. It does not matter how Bhagavatam re- re- reveals this philosophy, sometimes through the mouth of a demon, sometimes through the mouth of an animal also. You see, in National Geographic they show animals. In Bhagavatam also you have a lot of animals. Gajendra is preaching. Gajendra is an elephant and an elephant preaches now, you see. so you see elephant preaching you see sometimes a python preaching a snake sometimes a tree preaching sometimes sages so you will see uh, philosophy and the absolute truth is taught to us in so many different ways thereby shaking the foundational aspect of mundane religiosity 
so bhagavatam uh, so many many lessons come about in this in this section also so for us as pursuers of spiritual as uh, uh, spir- spiritual seekers we have to see how and what lessons can be learned from each section or each verse of shrimad bhagavatam especially when there's a gold mine in propat's purpose and propat in these sections in the 23 propat speaks about a mad man or possessed by a ghost and as uh, devotees were explaining in the previous days jagannath ram prabhu was explaining so nicely yesterday that prabhupada does not hesitate to give purports on the verses of hiranyakashipu he does not criticize hiranyakashipu he is a demon we should not hear him but because this is shrimad bhagavatam it becomes very important even though if it is coming from the mouth of a demon um, i had this doubt we know hiranyaksha is none other than the jai vijay who are the doorkeepers in the in the vaikuntha planet but how how a liberated devotee or devotees like jain vijay can become such envious demons against the lord so um, vijay dwaja tirtha has composed he also has written complete uh, bhagavatam propad refers vijay dwaja tirtha and another version of shrimad bhagavatam commentary from uh, the ramanuja sampradaya along with sridhar goswami's commentary and vishnu chakravarti thakur's commentary here they write when jay vijay incarnates they actually do not come into an asuric body directly because they are liberated jeeva so actually there is a demoniac jeeva and they reside with them so whenever there is a demoniac propensity it is the demon who is actually exhibiting those propensity it is not jay and vijay so therefore it is very important to understand the acharyas reveal that and a devotee a pure devotee can never be envious of the lord can never be envious of the lord so the arrangement by the lord is he has to be with a jeeva who is demoniac and then he expresses his enviousness towards the lord so that kind of satisfied me in one sense so here the demon is preaching and many times sanskritam is a very uh, beautiful language because it is it is based on etymology because etymology is nirvachana we generally don't do that in english these days but you will see certain words in english also have derived from latin see that is called etymology and latin the root word of a, of of a name, a latin word has some meaning to it in every word so that's called etymology or study of etymology or nirvachana in sanskritam so hiranyakashipu and hiranyaksha also have etymology now hiranyaksha has been killed hiranya aksha if you break that word hiranya means what hiranmayena patrena ishopanishad hiranya hiranya means that which is glowing or gold which is reminiscent of gold which is glows glows right hiranya aksha means what is aksha the eyes right so one who has eyes on gold that is hiranya aksha hiranyaksha means one who has gold eyes on gold or one who is always looking for wealth in one sense or in in a larger context one who is always looking for material sense gratification his hiranyaksha always looking for material comfort always looking for material gratification his hiranyaksha hiranyakashipu hiranyakashipu again hiranya means gold kashipu means what pillow in general sense it is a pillow so generally in olden days if you have to hide something valuable they used to put it under the pillow generally if you sleep you put it under the pillow slip it under the pillow they say in english so hiranyakashipu is a person who will slip all his wealth under a pillow i had a neighbor in uh, in my hometown he had worked in the in the middle eastern region for a long time for 20 years or so and he had come back to india and he was telling us that he had made so much money 
uh, all, all Havala channel only, nothing in the accounts. So he had so much cash in his house, he didn't know what to do. So he had stacked the cash on his bed and then put some mattress on it. So he said, actually he had a big thick mattress of cash and he was sleeping on it. Because he can't, he can't uh, you know, announce it otherwise he's got to pay taxes and things like that. So this is Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu mentality means to hide or to safeguard what has been amassed. So therefore these two people are good combinations. You see, Hiranyaksha, one, one actually eyes the wealth, he amasses it and one preserves it. Does it sound very similar to today's world? Today's world, if you see, the whole world is driven towards it. Gathering and amassing material fortune, material wealth, practically every jiva, especially, I mean, not, I shouldn't be saying every jiva, it looks like it's the exclusive contributions of the modern civilization, only of human beings. Animals don't do this. You see a bird, if you throw some food stuff, a bird doesn't amass food. It in fact calls all its friends and then finishes the food that they have. But it's only humans, when you find too much, they will store. They will store something for tomorrow. In one sense it's intelligence, but on the other sense the same intelligence destroys us. So Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha have this mentality. And when you apply the same mentality, when the scripture is preaching, you will see this today also. Today also people are working hard, laboring hard to amass material wealth. And we also labor hard to store the material wealth. I know a few friends, a uh, few colleagues of mine, they have bought gold from India. They've bought a lot of gold, gold jewelry. And this jewelry they only wear on special days because they can't wear jewelry every day here, you see. But they have a lot of jewelry at home, a gold jewelry. So they can't wear. So you know, he, he always tells me, I've got a problem now. So I can't put the jewellery at home because I can get burgled anytime. Because in the western suburbs, here in Melbourne, um, most of the thieves know that if there is an Indian home, there will be jewellery inside or gold inside. So they attack Indian homes with metal detectors. So they are experts. So this has happened in many houses. So they have attacked, they have broken doors and glass panes. One of the family was inside the house watching TV and the thief broke in, not knowing that, not knowing that there were people inside. So they were watching and he literally broke in the dining hall and then he realized there were people sitting inside the house. So he had to run away. So, and now that my colleague was saying, it's become a great problem because he heard this happening in his neighbor. So he said, uh, now he has amassed wealth, he has wealth, but he's now disturbed how to safeguard it now. So now he's put the wealth, the gold jewelry in a locker in a bank and he's lamenting about that also because he has to pay fee to the bank. You see, this is the problem of today's civilization also. I was saying, how beautiful this gold is or this material wealth is, if you have, there is, prob there is problem. If you don't have, there is problem. If you have too much, there is problem. If you have too little, there is problem. So, in today's society also you can see there is a conception of Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyaksha within us also. And uh, this, this type of mentality is there within us. Uh, it does not mean that creating wealth is a sin or an offense, but attachment to wealth is a problem. So that's what Prabhupada writes. And that is why Prabhupada gives in this purport, Pisachi paile yena mati haya. So it's almost like that the jivas in this material world are carried away by material sense gratification just as a madman or a ghost is carried away. Because, why is Prabhupada writing here, Pisachi Paile Yena? Why is he saying it's a ghost? What has ghost got to do with here? 
Correct. It is haunting us every time. And the ghost also is a very difficult uh, predicament. This situation or condition is very predicament. And Prabhupada also gives an example of a drunkard. I was watching a, a talk show where Gaurgopal Prabhu was invited. And Gaurgopal Prabhu was giving this example. Uh, one person came to him and he said, Prabhuji, are you strong enough to break the wall with your head? Prabhuji said, no, I can't break. He said, you have done so much sadhana, you can't break your head, break, break the wall with your head? He said, um, I can try, but I can't, I'm sure I can't break the wall with my head. I'm not so strong. I have not developed some siddhis. Then this person said, look, I can break the wall with my head. You know what he did? He said, he drank a bottle of liquor and then, and then he looked at the wall. And when he looked at the wall, the wall seemed to be shaking. And then he said to Prabhu, say, look, now the wall is shaking just, just by looking, just by me looking at it. So Prabhu was saying, so he was an illusion that, that actually the whole world is shaking because of his inebriated state of liquor. But he thinks the wall is moving, but he thinks just because he's seeing the wall is moving, but the, neither the wall is moving nor the world is moving, it's only his, his illusory situation that the wall seems to be moving. So our situation here, why is Hiranyaksha saying this? Yatha ambhasa prachalata taravopi chala eva. He is preaching to his mother that just as when we look at the reflection of a tree in the water and when the tree, when the water moves, the tree seems to be moving, you see. In the same way, we also think we are moving. Have you ever noticed when you are in a train and when there is another train coming and stopping next to you and when, this, when the other train gradually moves, you feel as if you are also moving. But actually you are on a static position. But because you think you are on a train, you will feel as if you are, a move, you are moving. But if you think you, you know you are on the platform, you will very well know that I am not moving, it's the train which is moving. But because you are in a train, you will feel as if, is it my train which is moving or is it the other one? You, you feel like that, isn't it? So in the same way, because I think I am in this body, right? And this body, see this material world has one, one uh, feature, this matter has one feature. It is also eternal, matter also is eternal, but it is not permanent. What is the, what is the feature of the material world, matter? What is the feature of matter? Temporary. Sorry? Temporary. It's temporary in what sense? Because material matter also is eternal in one sense, but how is it temporary? How is it temporary? Yes, so what does it mean? It always transforms. It's anitya in that sense. It is anitya in the sense it's not false, but it always changes from one form to another. Just like a body, Prabhupada always gives, gives this example. Dehi nosmin yatha dehe kaumaram yavanam jara tata dehantara praptir dhiras tatranam uhyati. Dehi nosmin, dehi. Dehi means one who embodies the deha. You see? Uh, Again, Sanskritam, Dehi means Deha Upajayati, that which grows is called Deha. Dehi Nosmin means the body grows from boyhood to childhood and then youth and then old age. You see, the body is always changing. So, matter has this feature that it is always transforming from one form to another. In that way, it is transient. It's always in a mode of transient flux. So, therefore, it is Anitya. It is temporary because what it is today now, it won't be later. Like I've painted this fresh surface, come after 10 years, the paint would have faded. Isn't it? So it's transient. It always has as a varying condition in this material world. 
So, um, Hiranyakashipu is saying, because you are bound to this body, this transient flux, you are thinking you are also changing. Therefore, Prabhupada says, Thanur Achaloyam, Achetyoyam, Akledyoyam. You see, uh, although the soul is unchanging one, in one sense, why is it unchanging? Because it always remains a spirit. No matter where it goes, what it does, it always remains a spirit. It does not transform into matter. So therefore it is achaloyam. Prabhupada says thanur achaloyam. But because we, because of the conception that I am this body, I feel I am changing. I feel I am dying. I feel I am taking birth. I feel I am now getting old. I feel I am becoming young and strong. All of these are material connotations. You see. And these, this is the foundational concept of Vedanta and Veda, Veda, Vedanta and Vedanta Sutra. That is why uh, Krishna preaches this in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. When Krishna starts speaking, he starts speaking this foundational philosophy. And this is the philosophy which is the most difficult to comprehend and which is the most difficult to realize. It is the most difficult to realize. Because, uh, why? Because, in fact, Sanskritam again, you see, we call Jiva, right? Jiva comes from the Dhatu, Jeev. Is it not? Jeev is the root Dhatu of Jiva. Jeev is pronounced in English as live. You see that? Jeev becomes live. Therefore, they are called living beings. Jiva nothing, is nothing but living beings. Therefore, Jeev becomes live. Live means living beings. One who has to live. One who has to live. One who lives inside the body is the living force or the living entity. So therefore, Jiva means to live. And therefore, sometimes we add Atma also. Jiva Atma, we say. Atma, there is a difference between Jiva and Atma. Atma is that pure soul or the situation where Atma is uh, untainted by matter. But Jiva is that Atman who has become tainted by material con connotations. You see Jiva, that is why it is called as Jiva. And when we and the highest of this Jiva is the human form of life. That's what Kapila Muni says. And Kapilamuni and the Shastras grade, grade the Jiva based on the evolution of consciousness. Yes, Prabhu. Uh, if the Atma is in the heart, it is one ten thousandth of the point of the head. Yeah. Where is the Jiva in the body? It is the Jiva. So the, it's a connotation of the same entity. Uh, okay. Atman usually is referring to the pure soul. But Jiva, it becomes a Jiva when it gets embodied in the body. And this jiva is graded according to the type of consciousness and how this consciousness evolves in different beings. And Kapilamuni, the third canto, preaches, uh, teaches this to his mother Devahuti between many species. For example, the lowest of all species is the aquatics, right? And then comes the trees and slowly how the consciousness evolves. And then you come up to, it starts from, from matter in one sense matter and then living beings and then comes evolves up to the human beings and why humans have highest evolved consciousness because they can ask one question what is that one question yes who am i many people say this question itself is a pompous question see pomp you know what's the meaning of pompous pompous means it's it's just a useless question it is not a useless question because it is only the human form of life. Have you ever seen an animal lament? Why is there so much rain today? Why is the weather so bad? If you see uh, in Melbourne, Melbourne is quite harsh. You see, sometimes I see out of my window a lot of bird nests. When it rains, when it's cold, when it's hot, 
the birds just go through it they don't complain they make some arrangements but they don't complain they don't seem to be complaining they just live a very natural life but it's only the humans who question why this discomfort why so much uncomfortable uncomfort in my life and and that is one of the prerogatives of a human form of life that he doesn't like discomfort you see uh, and that is why a human is has got evolved consciousness but rather than questioning the discomfort in his material condition of life we've got to question the whole material life itself the whole material life is discomforting to the jiva and in fact it says this whole material body is disgusting to the soul it's disgusting because the soul is meant to be free it is not meant to be bound by this matter so therefore sometimes this body is disgusting for actually a realized soul um, so therefore that's why propad writes he is there in this body like a ghost uh, a drunk uh, and then and this and when the jiva enters this material body he is eternally conditioned how is the how is the jiva eternally conditioned he is eternally conditioned by one thing the, the conditioning is that he is forgotten who he is that's all anadi avidya anadi avidya means he does not know who he is he is an amsha of the lord swarupena avidya of the swarupa is the root cause why he suffers in this material world who am i the answer to this lies in a swarupa if he comes to know jeevera swarupa hoy krishna ranitya that's why chaitanya mahaprabhu gave came to give us the process or the realization that the ultimate goal of this process to realize is to realize who you are you know to know who you are and to be who you are is the ultimate purpose of this whole process but the problem is in the vedanta or the vedas there are so many processes prescribed so many process to realize this who you are your swarupa there is karma gnana yoga uh, vedanta marga there so many scriptures vedas itihasas puranas what to do what to follow so much confusion is it not there is so much available nowadays and there are so many philosophers online nowadays it's it's easy on your fingertips go to youtube you will see some gadi wala preaching something and people will think oh he's got a beard he's got white hair that means i have to hear him huh especially what is the qualification of someone who is preaching these days generally no but how do they how does one come to a conclusion that he is very good yes but then then huh no there's another qualification which generally people come to a conclusion on huh huh number of likes on youtube <laughs> or number of followers on youtube he's preaching to 1 million people he's got 35 million followers therefore he must be right is it not so hiranyakashipu also had many followers because he was preaching i am god the culmination of vedanta he was preaching i am god worship me because i have overcome death because i have overcome death i am god now so therefore worship me so in the same way hiranyakashipus are there even today also huh? but they may be in different forms they might not have you know the canine teeth and holding a mace they will be having a they might be having a beard or even shaved head you never know but the qualification today is if you have too many followers you know he is he is very good just follow him so and they also preach in elite colleges he is preaching in iit iim so therefore he must be very exalted personality and things like that so today's 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 conception has become like that 
it is very difficult to sieve through to know who is genuine and who is not very difficult because again this is a creation of illusion everywhere there is illusion every, every at every point there is illusory action happening so therefore a genuine seeker should be very careful in fact i remember uh, i was in i was working in the united kingdom for a few years and uh, i was living a life you know what i mean by life every day i used to hire car because i didn't have a car then i used to drive to the nook and corners of the uk experiencing the life there you know rural life that life this and i was very excited I was very excited i said wow this is such a beautiful place and that excitement started to fade away after a year and then by the end of two years or three years i became so disgusted i came back and uh, i knew my uncle used to go to a place i'll not i'll not name where they used to go but they used to go to chennai uh, and they had seen kalki bhagwan and they said this is the last incarnation of the lord and he has come to preach to us i thought my god now i need someone to guide me so i went to my aunt and i said can you also please take me i need someone to guide me so it was all fixed actually when i have to go tickets were booked and i was about to go but just then my wife said we have never gone to iskon shall we go to iskon and one day we decided to go to iskon and then uh, when we were walking out of iskon we took the darshan we were walking out of iskon i saw a poster sponsored by infosys and the poster said art of mind control sponsored by infosys 500 rupees but it's free for you you can go and sit but infosys will pay for you so i said wow infosys is paying something in iskon it must be good that's how i i calculated you see sometimes it helps because if you say art of mind control by such a such a devotee infosys is sponsoring oh, that made that satisfied because i come from a so called it lecture i thought so it was must be good so i went and thank god i can go to chennai if i would have gone to chennai i would have really seen kalki bhagwan <laughs> so uh, it is so dangerous it is so dangerous and prabhupad saved honestly prabhupad saved me for some reason i don't know what was uh, my my previous karma or some maybe some devotees prayers came through so uh, th- this is the danger of today's today is happening because the jiva does not know what to do jiva does not know how to lead his life and jiva does not know he is Ill- see the problem is to not know is not a problem is it not to not know is not a problem to not know that you do not know is a problem you getting the point i don't know and i know that i don't know that's very good but i don't know and i don't know that i don't know that's very dangerous is it not because that will tell me that i actually know everything because i don't know that i don't know so that situation is very bad and that is what most of the jeevas are today when they come out of the modern educational system they don't know that they don't know but they are in the biggest illusion that they that they think that know everything despite they know they don't know they know nothing actually is it not the modern education teaches us like that they teaches to decry the scriptures they teaches to decry in fact in india this is what happened after the indian indian independence day after we attained india indian independence 1947 uh, one of the socialist leaders started to imitate the western system especially the russian system of mass production then the industrial revolution came the five year planning when the five year planning came the five year plans came the factory revolution happened a concept was seeped into the minds of the people that if you go to temple you are backward don't go to temple go to factories and work work hard make your own bread don't go to the don't go to god and pray that's archaic 
that's very rubbish which is even prevalent today if you see, if i know i know my own family if they see me in dhoti they see did the guy this did this guy go to australia or did he go to some village he's wearing dhoti my my relatives speak to me like that when they see me in dhoti they they look at me from top to bottom is he really coming from australia or he must be lying you see so this is the conception of today's civilization they think practicing your own um, culture practicing your own tradition is backward and so much ingrained this this thing is in the minds that you are so fearful to even even uh, confidently practice these uh, principles of scriptures and uh, tradition so even in the upanishads there is one uh, story very nice story where a brahmana a brahmana is very poor a poor brahmana is although very knowledgeable of the vedas he will be going on the street when he is going on the street a rich man you know is driving a chariot and without noticing the brahmana he just pulls his chariot on the street and because the chariot moves so fast the brahmana actually jumps off the street and gets muddy so he becomes so sad that my life is worthless i've spent so many years studying the vedas and the scriptures and this rich man just threw me off the road so my knowledge is useless so let me go and commit suicide so he came to this conclusion so he was climbing up the mountain to commit suicide and then indradev saw him because indradev also has some anukampa on the brahmana so he came as a jackal i don't know if you heard the story in the upanishads he came as a jackal and he told the brahmana he said hello excuse me my dear brahmana please stop so a jackal is speaking to a brahmana again you see upanishads also don't hesitate a jackal an animal is preaching to the erudite brahmana you see so indradev is preaching as a jackal to the brahmana he says what are you doing the brahmana says i have spent so many years giving my life to the shastras and all it has given me is poverty so let me finish this life i am i am of no use this life is of no use the jackal then begins his preaching he says have you seen me have you seen me i don't even have hands like you sometimes if i have to eat i can't pick it up and eat i have to eat it from my mouth if i have to drink i can't drink like you with your hand you see you have so nice hands you can lift the glass and drink we can't drink like that i have to lick from the ground and every time i lick i can't have enough of water you see it's very difficult for me and sometimes i eat something and there is a thorn stuck in my throat i can't put a hand and remove my remove the thorn but the lord has given you hands so beautiful your construction is you don't have gratitude for that and i despite my abominable condition that i don't have hands i don't have a mouth i can't speak like you i can't live like you yet i never thought of committing suicide but you have given such a uh, fully formed body with hands with legs with so much knowledge of the scriptures you can speak you can communicate despite why have you come to this position of suicide then the jackal explains actually in my previous life i was a brahmana and i was doing lot of vakyartha vakyartha means i was doing lot of debates with and i was criticizing envy being envying lot of brahmanas and i was ridiculing the scriptures therefore i have ended up as a jackal so therefore you don't end up in a lower human form of life and by destroying this higher form of life so use this life to go beyond your material conception find out the culmination of the scripture vedas is to know krishna is to know the absolute truth so the jackal is preaching to the brahmana like that. so like that repeatedly the scripture tell us that we have to come to understand the ultimate purpose of the scriptures that's very important 
See here, Hiranyakashipu has completely lost the purpose of the scriptures. Sarvasya chaham hriti sannivishtaha matas pratirjnanam apohanam cha Vedaishya sarvair ahameva vedyaha Vedanta Krishvedavi Krishna says the ultimate purpose of reading Vedas is to know me. But here Hiranyakashipu is using the same shastras to, to pacify his relatives so that he can again start his mission of destroying Vishnu or Krishna. So therefore his problem was what? His problem was he was using the purpose or the motivation of studying the scriptures was, was wrong. What? Why was it wrong? Why was his motive wrong? Why was the motive of Hiranyakashipu wrong? Correct. And why is it like that? Why is it self-motivated? Why is it self-motivated? And interestingly, he says in the next verse, he says, Prabhupada writes, 24, Evam gunair brahmyamane. He is talking to his mother that you are bewildered by the three modes of material nature. He himself is, <laughs> he himself is under the grip of mode of passion and ignorance and he is telling his mother, you are actually under the mode of material nature. Look at me, I am supreme lord. You are under the mode of material Can you even imagine? So these three modes of material nature, anyone who approaches the Vedas under the garb of mode of passion or ignorance, this is what happens. You see this happened in the history also. You, know, you all know Max Muller. Max Muller. Max Muller was appointed by the British to misinterpret the Vedas. Okay. So when he came, he tried to misinterpret the Vedas. When someone comes and approaches the Vedas to misinterpret it, what mode are they in? What mode of material nature they are in? Ignorance or rajas and ignorance. They have a desire to misinterpret. So they are under mode of ignorance and mode of passion. Ado rajas tamobhava kama lobha dayaschaye cheta etair anavidham. So one is uh, one is under the garb of rajas and tamas. You see, dharmasya hi apavargasya. Narthorthayopakalpate, Narthasya Dharmaikantasya Kamalobhaya Hispritaha. Kamalobha. You have they have approached the Vedas with an ulterior motive. For them the Vedas will never open up. They will approach Bhagavatam with an ulterior motive. Bhagavatam will never open up. They might by heart 18,000 verses, they might know all of the interior intricacies of the grammar of Sanskritam, but never will the message will come into that. Why? Because what happens? mode of material nature will kidnap its sense. Maya yapartha jnana asurindhavam ashitaha They take shelter of the asura vritti. That is what exactly has happened to this guy. Despite being a son of whom? Kashyapasuta. He is a son of great Brahmana and Brahmani. Kashyapasuta. Who is the mother of Hiranyakashipu? Diti. So Diti and Kashyapamuni, they are Brahmanas of top class. For him, he's, this person has been born, you see, and complete Asuric mentality. So therefore, he has studied the Vedas under his father, but because he is in the mode of, his Svabhava is under the mode of passion and ignorance, he is completely misinterpreting the, although rightly interpreting, he is applying it wrongly, his motivation is wrong. His understanding is right, his motivation is wrong. So therefore, as long as our motivation is wrong, and that is why you see, Vedanta and Vedas and the scriptures can never be approached with with the mode of passion and mode of ignorance. You see, many people went to the West to preach. See, from the 18th century they have been trying. They started preaching Vedas and Vedanta in the West. None of them were successful. 
None of them. Because to read Vedas, you have to be on a Brahmanical platform. Brahmanical platform means what? What is Brahmanical platform means? To be born for a Brahman, Brahmanical father? No. Who is a Brahmana? Who is in the mode of goodness? Shama, Dama, Tapa, Saucham, Kshantir, Arjavam. Uh, all these are Brahma Karma Sohava. So this is the Sohava of a Brahmana. So if somebody is not on a platform of Brahmana, you can't teach Vedas and make people understand the tenets of the Vedas. But what happened? Prabhupada went. When Prabhupada went, he brought them to the Brahminical platform. How? How? Sorry, Prabhu. Can you speak a little louder? Practice. Practice of what? Good, very good answer. Practice of chanting of the holy name of the Lord. Because that is the only possible way to bring people to the mode of platform, a Brahminical platform. Because now there are no pure breeds anymore. It's all mixed. So therefore the swabhav, the intrinsic quality and the extrinsic quality of the jiva is all mixed. So therefore the only way where we can purify our existence is to chant the holy name of the Lord. And this was what was inaugurated by whom? By Sriman Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Harer Nam, Harer Nam, Harer Nam, Eva Kevalam, Kalau Nastyeva 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 Gatiranyatha. There is no other way. There is no other way to what? To bring people to the mode of Brahminical platform. And then Prabhupada gave Vedan Vedanta. How did Prabhupada give Veda and Vedanta? He also gave Vedas and Vedanta. How? Sarvo Panishado Gavaha, Dogtha Gopala Nandanaha. Partho Vatsaha Sudhir Bhokta Dugdham Gitaamritam Mahatu The culmination of the Upanishads He gave Bhagavad Gita And Vedhartha Paribrimhitaha Gayatri Bhasaushav Vedhartha Paribrimhitaha Which is Srimad Bhagavatam So Prabhupada gave the culmination of the Vedanta Sutra Which is Srimad Bhagavatam Culmination of all the Upanishads Which is Srimad Bhagavad Gita Finish And you see his movement has been very successful even today where people, I can only speak for myself, I, how this chanting of the holy name, how association of the devotees, how Prabhupada centers can immediately bring people to the platform of Brahmana. Very easy. Just chanting the holy names of the Lord. And therefore, as soon as we come to the platform of Brahmana, what is one symptom of that person? What is the, what is the, immediate, what is the immediate side effect of a person who practices Krishna consciousness? Huh? He will become inquisitive to know more. He wants to read books. He wants to know more about the philosophy. He wants to practice it more. It's not theoretical. Then he will start chanting. He will put his life into practice. He will read more. He will practice more. This is the culmination of Bhagavatam. To come to the understanding that Tattva Jignasa, Anvaya Gatireka Abhyam, Yatsyat Sarvatra Sarvada. To come to the understanding that I want to understand who I am. Where did I come from? Therefore, self-realization is the beginning of the process and the culmination of the process is God-realization. Because self-realization in itself is not enough. Many people even today in the YouTube preach that the self is everything. The self is everything. Jiva, everything is a manifestation of the Jiva. It is not. Because if you come to the culmination of the self, you will realize, who put me in this situation in the first place? If I am so glorious, why am I struggling in this body then? 
there must be someone who is greater than me someone who is more powerful than me natural culmination of self realization is you will realize actually i am no one some there must be someone superior than me so therefore you will come to know that there is prakriti who is superior to me then there is someone who controls prakriti who is bhagavan you see daivi eshamaham gunamayi mama maya duratya krishna says everything is very clear so therefore today is a very auspicious day to know and to invoke this tatva jignasa you know why today is navami today is madhvanavami today is the disappearance day of our greatest acharya and our sampradaya who is madhvacharya who is one of the preeminent acharyas and uh, one who chaitanya mahaprabhu glorified as tattvavadi many times there is a confusion that tattvavada is very wrong it is not because neither his philosophy was see, there is many times you know people say madhvacharya is dvaitavada shankara is advaitavada actually that is all wrong shankaracharya never in his writings told his his teachings is advaita he does not say in his if you read his teaching the problem is nobody reads shankaracharya's writings properly if you read shankaracharya's teachings properly he clearly says my writings and philosophy is called mayavada mayavada bhashya he writes clearly in his, you go and find out in his writings and madhvacharya says my writings and philosophy is called as tattvavada it is not dvaitavada it is neither dvaita nor nor uh, advaita of adi shankar because advaita is also there in madhva's philosophy if you read madhva's philosophy you will see advaita there also but this is absolute oneness oneness which is what chaitanya mahaprabhu says atintya bheda abheda tattva there is abheda in the bheda also that qualified oneness the absolute oneness is there so it's nothing to do with advaita and dvaita it is tattvavada and mayavada that is why we call shankara's philosophy as mayavada it is not criticism it is actually glorification because shankara himself says my my philosophy is called mayavada it is based on mayavada and therefore till date in any of his works he does not define what is maya you read shankara's philosophy nowhere he tells you what is maya the question how did jiva fall into this material world is unanswered you know he does not answer this shankara does not answer this question so therefore madhvacharya today is a very glorious day of madhvacharya because we'll just meditate on madhvacharya a little bit he was born as a son to madhyageha bhatta and uh, to very very pious brahmans in the town very close by to urbi called pajaka pajaka kshetra Uh, very beautiful town if you have not visited please do visit uh, they had prayed for a son to be born because they had a daughter and uh, two sons had already passed away because in those days mortality rates were high um, especially during pregnancies and they had done lot of tapasya to have a son and then uh, mukhya prana who is none other than the incarnation the third incarnation of hanuman which is hanuman and then bhima and then same bhima appears as a son in pajaka kshetra as madhva actually his name was vasudeva he was called vasudeva when he was born his father named him as vasudeva vasudeva his father was a bhagavatam preacher but when he was five he was correcting his father in the fifth canto he was an expert of the fifth canto fifth canto is the most difficult canto of bhagavatam because complete verses there is no verses in fifth canto it's all prose prose is very difficult to chant and madhvacharya knew kanthas the whole fifth canto even though his father had not taught him so uh, although he said to his father father you forgot this particular thing from this verse his all his uh, relatives you know 
criticize Madhvacharya, the boy. He says, this Kaliuga, this is Kaliuga. The boy is preaching to the father. They criticize him. Then he becomes sad. He asks his father, Father, why did they not take me, take my words despite my words being correct? I did not say anything wrong, right, father? I only said what is right because you had forgotten. Then he says, Beta, son, people will only take your words when you are a sannyasi. So that became a very strong intuition for Madhvacharya to say, I must take sannyas, I must take sannyas. So at the age of nine, when his father and mother were sleeping, he leaves his house and joins a Shankara, who is an Advaita, I just use the Advaita because of the ease of communication. There was a sannyasi living in his town called Achyuta Preksha. He goes and surrenders to him and says, I want sannyasi. At the age of nine, he goes there. And, uh, but some of the story, I'll not tell the whole story, but uh, somehow he gets sannyas and then he's initiated as, he's initiated as Purnam Pragna Tirtha. Purnam Pragna means complete consciousness, completely aware, because Mukhya Prana, uh, Prana Deva is one of the very uh, close associate of the Lord, very close associate of the Lord. He is one of the Maruts. So therefore, uh, Mukhya Prana means it is the Vayu which runs the whole universe. It is just not the Vayu that we breathe here. It is the Vayu which runs the whole universe. There is Vayu inside the cosmos, outside the cosmos and things like that. It is quite deep philosophy they have. So, in the, on the first day of his teaching, Madhyachara is a nine-year-old boy. He takes sannyas, his Purna Pragnatirtha. His first day of Patha is beginning. Uh, there is one Ishtasiddhi Grantha from one of the... Uh, <laughs> Mayavada sannyasis and this his guru Achyuta Pareksha begins his first verse and the boys are sitting, Madhvacharya is sitting here, nine-year-old boy with a stick. He says, so glorious is this Acharya who is saying, let us offer our obeisances to ourselves. Who is like, who is the supreme lord and then let us begin the part, let us begin the lessons. Madhvacharya says, Maharaj, I have got a doubt. You just now said, the Acharya is saying, let us pay obeisances to ourselves and begin the part, begin the lesson. So, his Acharya says, yeah, what's the doubt in it? He says, I have a doubt. You are saying, you can begin the classes by offering obeisances to yourself. So, does it mean, when I come to the class, rather than me paying obeisances to you, I can pay obeisances to myself and sit? Or maybe you can pay obeisances to me, it's the same. He's asking this to his, to his teacher. A nine-year-old boy, not in anger, not in a challenging mood, just an innocent question. This is called Tattva Jignasa. This is the root tendency of Madhvacharya. Tattva Jignasa to defeat Mayavada. Because he had incarnated specifically to destroy Mayavada. What ensues after this is Achyuta Preksha, 50-60 years of sadhana is shaken up. Because what the nine-year-old boy has asked is true. Actually, the teacher paying obeisance to the student or student paying obeisance, everything. If I am God, you are God, everybody is God. No? So, who pays obeisance to whom doesn't matter. <laughs> so, everybody is God. So, it shakes his confidence completely and then they both don't speak to each other for three, four days. They don't eat, they don't speak. And finally, Achyuta Preksha surrenders. Not out of anger, but he starts questioning his own philosophy to say, actually the boy is speaking the truth. Nobody had even questioned me like this. So then begins Madhva's quest of establishing his philosophy of Tattvavada, to know everything in truth. So therefore he, he philosophizes Panchabeda and he, he defeated Mayavada in so many places and created so many disciples around the, around the Bharata Bhumi. 
two very important things is he established the ashtamat and he preached this philosophy of absolute oneness of the supreme personality of godhead that vishnu and krishna and established the krishna uh, cowherd krishna in udupi which chaitanya mahaprabhu took darshan of Uh, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very gladly associated himself with from the Sampradaya perspective. That is why Baladeva Vidyabhushana, our Gita is dedicated, Prabhupada's Gita is dedicated to Baladeva Vidyabhushana. And if you see Madhva, Madhva has written two commentaries on Bhagavad Gita. Gita, Gita Bhashya and Gita Tatparya Nenaya. And Gita, Gita Bhushana, which is uh, Baladeva Vidyabhushana's commentary, is a culmination of both the commentaries of Madhva Charya. So, and that is what we read in Bhagavad Gita as Prabhupada's translation of the Bhagavad Gita. So today is a very auspicious day to remember Madhvacharya and his glorious teachings. When uh, I'll tell this episode and stop here, His Holiness Radhanath Swami Maharaj uh, takes Iskand disciples to Yatra many every year. There was one Yatra where he took his disciples to Udupi. And Udupi, there was a very senior uh, Acharya called Pejavar Shri, Pejavar Mach. Uh, very dear, he was a very dear friend of Radhanath Maharaj. He's, uh, he's also disappeared uh, last year, uh, two years back. He, in that assembly, said, there is no difference between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's philosophy and Madhvacharya's philosophy. In fact, every member of ISKCON is actually a Madhva. Actually, right now as we speak, there is a very, in the Madhva lineage, there are eight sannyasis who is always preaching the philosophy of Madhvacharya. One of the sannyasis are right here in Melbourne today. He is preaching around in Melbourne. And he has brought a deity of Vithala, which Madhvacharya has given to his Sampradaya thousand years ago. And that deity is still here now in Melbourne. It's doing rounds in Melbourne. We had the fortune of taking darshan of that deity. He asked me, I, I went to take his blessings, he asked me, we, we took blessings and we said, please help us to always be in Krishna consciousness and things like that. He asked me a question. Are you a Madhva? He asked me. Then I had a doubt in my mind. Well, depends on how you want to see it. I am not born to a Madhva parent. His question was from that perspective. But my answer, my mind raced back to Pejavar Swami. He said, if Prabhupada is the real Madhva, means the follower of Madhva, and Every follower of Prabhupada's followers are all Madhvas, not only born to Madhva Brahmana family, but we all are Madhvas because we carry that flair to preach the philosophy of Krishna consciousness, and which was given to us by Madhvacharya, which was established as a Nam Sankirtan movement by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which was then adopted by Vadiraja Tirtha as Haridasa Paddhati in the Madhvacharya's lineage. Uh, and uh, which is, we are actually in one sense Dasa Paddhati. Our, if you see Vishkan, that's how my understanding is. When we go on the Harina, we are actually Dasa. That's why we have Dasa as a sermon. So we come in the Dasa Paddhati, where our philosophy is preaching to the masses. And therefore, we take the flair that Madhvacharya instilled to preach to the masses the philosophy of Krishna, to defeat Mayavada and to not rest until Mayavada is defeated in this, in this world and to preach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's philosophy to give the holy name to one and all, irrespective of one's qualification. So, my mind was racing to say, no, I am not a Madhva, but yes, I am a Madhva, in the, in the sense that I am a follower of Srila Prabhupada, who is actually a Madhva, and we are all, and every follower of Prabhupada and Iskand is actually a Madhva, because we are doing this glorious work of preaching Madhva Charya's philosophy and his 
uh, invoking this Tattva Jignasa in each one of us. So, we will take this opportunity to, to pray and I also pray with all assembled devotees so that I continue and continue to preach this philosophy of Krishna consciousness for my own upliftment. Thank you very much. If there are any questions or comments, you can discuss or any corrections. How, when will we be able to make this first Is he going to the ashram or is he having some events to do for installation? Uh, they have a center here. Uh, I don't know if it's still there. This was probably last week I met. But he visits once in four or five years. He comes from Urupi. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I have to check. Yeah, I have to check. But he had, he had visited with his uh, DT, although there has been a lot of furor in the ashram himself. Because he was he was castigated from because he had travelled beyond the oceans and things like that. But he's continuing the philosophy to preach. And this is actually being inspired from Iskon because Iskon is spearheading this ardent way of preaching. Uh, and they are realizing it now that we also have to preach this philosophy of philosophy of Krishna consciousness to one and all and not just preach within ourselves. What's the use? We'll not we will not spread this knowledge of Krishna. In fact, Krishna tells to Uddhava one word. He says the Dakshina, Dakshina, you know what is Dakshina? Dakshina means the return that you can give to your Guru. Krishna says to Uddhava, your Guru Dakshina to me is that you should preach this philosophy. That is my Guru Dakshina. So our Guru Dakshina for Prabhupada and our Acharyas is to preach. We should preach to one and everyone. This philosophy of Krishna consciousness. And not only preach but to practice. practice. But to practice, so practice and preach. Is it not? We are what we repeatedly do, not what we repeatedly speak. We are what we repeatedly do. So when we do it, when we practice it, and then preaching automatically comes. In fact, the Acharyas have said, when we become Nama Premi, when we start loving the holy names of the Lord, the entire Srimad Bhagavatam will be bestowed to us automatically. Culmination of the scriptures will automatically dawn to us just by connecting and practicing the pure chanting of the holy name of the Lord by chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamad. Does it convince you, Prabhu? Thank you. If there are no more questions, we'll stop here. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Ananda Koti Vaishnava Bindi Kijai, Madhva Namam Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Gaur Pimanam.